We meet again. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Seth Colton, and this is the Obsessed Podcast. It's a shame that this episode is a podcast and not a video because this casting director is the most photogenic casting director in history. Years ago, my team and I would go to the offices of the CDs who were nominated for Ardios Awards and take photos for a slideshow that played at the ceremony. Literally, any photo that we would take of Michael Donovan was a winner. The man has never had a bad hair day, and somehow his clothes do not wrinkle. He's well-loved in the casting community and is nominated this year for multiple awards. I love getting to talk to Michael. Not only is he a wonderful CD who understands talent, he guest-starred in an episode of Obsessed alongside Ottawa Folk and Carla Guy. And that takes some courage, folks. This is Obsessed with casting director Michael Donovan. Is that awkward for you? No. Okay. I'm fine. Good. Because yeah, everything I do is awkward. because <laughs> <laughs> how can I tell? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Michael, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Uh, good, but I got to get this off my mind. Okay. Last night, I think I had a glass of wine. Okay. And I started to come up with the making of a Michael Donovan song. Oh. And I only have the hook. Okay. And it's like it's a European song, I think. But I'd like to give it to you. All right. I'm ready, I think. Michael Donovan, my favorite Conopin. You've got to move on again. Michael, Michael Donovan. I like it. Yeah. Maybe with an Irish brogue would be really interesting. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah that yeah, would be good. Yeah. I don't I'll I'm gonna call you back when I figure out what the okay. rest of the song is. All, right, good. I'm ready. all that stuff. So I would like to discuss with you, before we talk about all these RDOs nominations, Okay. what you remember about shooting your episode of Obsessed, which was, <laughs> you were so funny, and you were also really quick to say yes, which I loved. I had a great time. It was really silly and fun. I thought, uh, I loved the way it came out. Uh, it's so funny. Yeah, you and totally, Ada. Yeah. How is Ada? Oh, she's doing great. Good. She wishes she could be here, but she's driving up for the holidays. She's so sweet. Um, um, no, it was totally fun uh, in that little tiny theater. Little theater at the uh, complex. Was it called the complex? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just actually just cast a show in there in oh, that really? same theater. Yeah, um, you had flashbacks. Flashbacks, totally. <laughs> uh, it was just you know you were silly. Imagine that, right? Right. <laughs> uh, shocking, and um, it was just fun. Well, listeners, the episode is called Pigeonhold. You should go to the website obsessed.com and watch it he's fantastic and i think his reactions actually make the entire video because he speaks for the audience Before- and, and i've had those reactions for real for other things too. oh really <laughs> hilarious before that when was the last time you were acting did you start out as an actor yeah i started as an actor and a director um gosh i guess uh what is the very last thing I did? That'd be hard to figure out. I know one of the last things I did was um, uh, Gory Stories, um, which uh, was a, a a play on Edward, you know, it's Edward Gorey's stories, and um, it's a really remarkable play. And we were LA Critics Choice and nominated for Drama Circle or whatever that was awards and stuff. It was really fun. Tony Tanner directed it. And it was at West Coast Ensemble and. So that's quite a while ago. I did a few things on camera after that, and 
it just became where I was starting to be distracted by the casting thing so much that I thought, mm, it's time to make the change. And no regrets, no regrets at all. Do you really mean no regrets? Because sometimes I think about transitioning out of acting, mm-hmm. usually when I'm frustrated or something. Yeah. And I always wonder, how would I feel if I if I did that. But for you, were you really so strong in that desire that it was like, no, I love this just as much. Uh, that's, you know, I think I, um, I think I was beginning to get frustrated, um, by the process as well. I looked really young. I looked a lot younger than I was. And so I was still playing kids at, you know, in my early thirties, I was still playing, going out for late college or something. And it was like, I just, I don't relate to these characters that I'm auditioning for anymore. And, um, and I just thought, you know, I want to buy a couch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, and the casting thing was very intriguing. It was really intriguing. It kind of spoke to me, uh, as a director, it spoke to me as an actor because I got to read with actors all the time. And it also, um, gave me a chance to really give people opportunities. And that, that was really exciting. And honestly, you know, and I've said this many times that if if I found, quote unquote, found somebody who I thought was amazing and was able to bring them to a director and a producer and they go, yes, uh, it honestly is is as exciting as it was when I booked something. It honestly is. So Excellent. And how did you find that theater culture was where you wanted to have your career? It came to me. Um, I started casting commercials, as you know, I've uh, cast, I don't know, over a thousand commercials, whatever it is. And then um, there was a big commercial strike. Uh, when was that? Like it's late 90s somewhere? I don't remember exactly I when that was. was. Yeah. Like- and um, during that time, obviously, we were slow and and someone came to me with a play. And that was my whole background, my degree and everything. And, and I thought, oh, wow, this is interesting. I hadn't really thought about it. And I always describe it as a, a locomotive on a fast track coming at me. This career just came at me. And all of a sudden, I was casting a ton of theater and loving it. Oh, good. Loving it. And, um, but I was able still to do the commercial stuff, too. So, you know, pay the bills. And, and then I started to get film and television offers uh, to cast. And I thought, hmm, the writing's on the wall here. And I realized that I need to do something else as well. So... I opened the theatrical division uh, when Megan Foley and I were partners, and and that's kind of where it started. So in the world of casting for theater, obviously you get to spend a lot more time and material with the actors that you're reading opposite instead of you know commercials, which is usually quick. Right. You, you know exactly what your the director might be looking for. Do you enjoy the process of being able to sort of get gritty and mold the performances to what what you think is going to work? Much, much more so than the commercial. I enjoyed casting commercials. Don't get me wrong. I really had a good time doing it. But the theater world is, well, first of all, you're seeing fewer people, many fewer people. Um, You are working with, hopefully, material that's well-written, certainly has much more dimension. Um, And I read with the actors, so I get to act all day, which is really fun for me. And uh, it's... Yes, it's it's a much more intense uh, dimensional experience, and I, I find it very exciting. Truthfully, I, I really do to to work with the actors. To a lot of times, I'm doing the first round, so 
I'm able to kind of get a quick sense by reading with you of, you know, what you're willing to do, what kind of work you've done, what choices you're making, all of those things very, very quickly. And then um, I'm blessed to work with some amazing directors. So I'm also testing your directability in that, in that uh, because I'm reading with you and then get to pass you on to these great people at Callbacks. So what's also different about theaters too, just real quick, is that sometimes the director is there uh, for mm -hmm. the first round or a lot of times the director is there in theater where in commercials, never. Um, in film and television, a lot of it's self-tape. Um, so the director is rarely there for the first round. Um, so that is the difference. It's a much more of a live experience, you know, clearly. So. Do you think theater can still be a bit more broad? You know, if if I'm going in for a television show and they're looking for the, the role as a police officer, mm -hmm. there's actually 40 police officers who are also actors right. and it's easier for them to get the job in my opinion because they have that feel to them mm -hmm. and I've always thought that in theater it could be more broad if you're 30 years old you could still play a 60 year old um, or is it also is it is that changing okay that's an interesting topic I think it depends on the size of the theater uh, a lot of times uh, there's a lot of theater in Los Angeles that's small. So in a small theater, you're not going to get away with some guy who's 30 playing 60. That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, in a larger theater, the age range does tend to open up a bit more because you're simply further away from the actors. You can get away with it. But I think even that's changing. I think we're getting much more aware of that. We're getting aware of, you know, ridiculous makeup, you know, uh, stretching way beyond what the age of the real actor is. So... I don't like to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I right. think if you're a character actor, all bets are off. Character actors then have a wider range. But I think if you're if you're a quote-unquote normal actor, whatever that word would be, um, I think your range needs to be pretty small. I, I usually tell people like five years tops, I think, is three to five years in film and television specifically. So again, unless you're a character actor, then mm -hmm. things change. Um, so, um, And then in terms of the... Size? You're talking about the size of the performance, or are you talking about the, uh, or do you mean just the width, the breadth of what somebody can play? I just mean yeah, the the breadth of what somebody can play. Yeah, and, and suspend disbelief for a second. So the audience member may not um, care, or may, maybe they'll even appreciate that in this play you've got a, a woman playing a male role mm -hmm. because maybe the the theater has the creativity to do that. Well, I, I would say that that's true, that we are willing to maybe make more interesting out there choices in the theater. Um, I'm doing a play right now. Uh, the one, ironically, that we were just talking about in that theater where we did oh. Seth. Um, and um, it's um, by the end of the play, you should not know if the lead actor is male or female. Oh, wow. Yeah. So hopefully that will work. It's called Wink. Very interesting piece. So. Just a quick, quick question about that. Are you saying whether the lead actor is male or female or that the character is male or female? Do yes. You know? Okay. <laughs> Great. Interesting. Yes. I'm going to have to come see it. Yeah. And the actor's name, I'm not going to say it, but is also a bit ambivalent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. When you're looking for actors or when you put out a casting notice, you know, you've you do TV, you do film, you do commercials, you do plays. Are you going through the same sources to find 
your actors for theater projects as you would other projects? Uh, no, I mean, well, okay, let's say some yes, some no. I mean, pretty much we're breakdown film, television, theater, and we're LA casting for commercials. So, mm-hmm. so that's different. Um, for theater, it depends. If it's an equity project, an open call is required. So it could be at the open call where I'm meeting actors. Um, we're also on backstage, Playville. Uh, what else am I, am I missing? I'm missing one. Uh, Broadway World. And then, of course, on Breakdown and Actors Access, too. So um, I think it's a little easier for an actor to reach me in theater uh, than it is because uh, then for film, film and television. Film and television, the agents are submitting like crazy. Theater agents, there's about half a dozen in town that focus on theater. And so those are the usual source, certainly for musical theater. That's mm-hmm. the usual source. But then um, we're seeing more and more the big agencies are starting to respond. Oh, I'm great. working on a small theater project that Gersh has responded, innovative, creative artists. I mean, it's like it's surprising. I think it depends on the project. So uh, but there are the usual sources. And then I'm also and I've done so many of them. I think I'm over 850 plays now, so which is crazy. So I know so many actresses at this point from theater, so a lot of it's up in my head. And, and Richie, my associate, of course, is totally invaluable. And uh, so between the two of us, we kind of have a list already going in our heads. Got it. So. And we do have to give a shout-out to Richie because he's nominated uh, with yes, you for all is. of your projects as Richie the associate. Ferris. Yes, as my associate. Richie and I have worked together for close to seven years so uh, he's great yeah he's a good guy he's a new daddy he oh wow yes he has a 10 month old uh, Ruthie and we love her <laughs> she's the mascot she's my little angel I'm crazy in love with her so yeah that's great yeah. Um, I have a few questions before we jump into again these nominations and I'm sorry sure. that I'm prolonging it but no, I'm using know. your time no I'm easy <laughs> great theater with an ER yes. theater with an RE. No. Okay. So those of us who are in the theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, say RE. I think that the distinction for me is a movie theater is ER and a play theater is RE. Got it. But now, if you're going to go see theater, yeah. it's ER. Depends. Depends on where you go. Oh, so it really depends on the the place on you're the building. In? Yeah, a lot of places oh. are RE, a lot of places are ER. It's I, you know, I teach at UCLA. I think what you know, and I did not and, know that. And UCLA is ER, which makes me crazy, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like, a, but I'm telling all my students to put RE on their resumes. So, what yeah. are you teaching at UCLA? I teach the senior class how to get ready for the real world. Wow, much. yeah, that's great. It's really it's it. When I was an actor, I had nothing like this. I mean, I went to a great school, but nobody. You know, they teach you how to act and then, you know, they kick you out of the nest and you figure it out from there what to do. And it's like, so this transition thing is really tough for a lot of people. It is. So uh, we talk about everything from pictures, resumes, classes, agents, managers, uh, casting directors. uh, I bring in guests. I bring in artistic directors, directors, uh, agents. And and we do uh, uh, soup to nuts, basically hopefully get you ready and then I direct their showcase every year too. So. I'm so glad to hear that. You know, there are a lot of people who graduated and got MFAs and come to Los Angeles and they're like, oh wait, what's a real? Yeah. Clueless. Yeah. Yeah. And and so we even talk about things like uh, how much rent is, uh, you know, what kind of car you should have, how to handle your money, uh, you know, what to watch out for that's legit and not legit. And so, I, I, I you know, 
do my best to get them ready. And uh, it's been amazing. It's also for me, I'm meeting these amazingly talented young people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've cast a whole bunch of them. Like a whole bunch of them. Great, because you probably know what they're capable of more than anybody else in town. Um, Last time we kept, we, a few years ago, the guy who runs the program and I did a quickie count. And at that point, which I think is now about four or five years ago, um, my company had given UCLA students 175 jobs. Wow. So, which was, you know, pretty great. That is amazing. And I've got like two of them are on Broadway right now. Wow. And yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's great. Have you gone and seen any oh, of your God, students yeah. on Broadway? Oh, of course. <laughs> that was going to be one of my questions since you cast so much theater. Uh-huh. Do you watch theater in your spare time? I see uh, virtually everything I cast. I think I've missed two productions ever. That was because of emergencies. Uh, I've seen everything else that I cast. Um, the last time I kept track of how many shows I saw was 67 that year. Wow. So I don't think I see that many uh, as that year. I think that was kind of a banner year. But, I, I mean, it, it sounds like I'm... How can I sound like I'm not bragging here? You're I'm, not. I, for me, I'm casting over probably over 30 shows myself. So just to see mine is at least somewhere in the 30s, and then yeah. and then to see other people too. So yeah, it's important for me. I got to know what's out there. You know, I got to know what the next wave is, and I need to know different directors. Um, so yeah. So do you think going to the theater is a different experience for you? When I go to the theater, I need to do more of that. But when I go, I try to get immersed in it and pretend I'm just watching it and I'm involved in it. But you go and you see the technical aspects and how's it being directed and the lighting and the acting. Yeah, but I don't ever want to be that guy who yeah. sits there as a judge, who sits there. I mean, I've gone to theater with some friends like, ugh, this, that, and they're the critical of everything. It's like, no, I want to go for the experience like you talked about. I want to be laughing, crying, you know, swept away and whatever's going on. And, but also coming away from it with a sense of, those actors were terrific or I can use this actor here or I really like this director's work or, you know, I disagree with that. Um, including things I've cast, by the way. Um, and, and also getting to know, um, on that, an actor maybe who was his first thing I ever cast him in. So now I get to see, did he or she, he or she deliver? Um, and do I feel confident then bringing them in again and, and suggesting them for other things? So, but, but no, I got to go for the experience. I yeah. mean, you know. But I know sometimes it could be hard to separate that when it's so deep inside who you are. Yeah. But but it's also, you know, during auditions, I, I do get swept away with what's going on. It's why I love it. At the end of the day, I'm exhausted because I've been laughing, crying, you know, <laughs> whatever, all day long mm. with the actors. And so... It's it's a great joy to do that all day long. So, one of the things that I miss about doing theater, and in my hometown, I did a bit of it. When you are booked on a television series or an episode here in Los Angeles or in New York or even in Atlanta, typically, if you're a day player, when you break for lunch, you're going to go hang out with the only other people who are going to accept you, which is the day player right. or the background artists. But when you're in theater, no matter the size of the role, you're part of the cast and you're part of the family. And um, Mm -hmm. there's just a a different feeling of camaraderie and comfort that I really miss. Yeah. Uh, One of the shows that I'm nominated for is is, um, um, The Graduate with Melanie Griffith, starred in. And uh, 
you know, she's big star, you know, yeah. uh, and totally hung out with the cast and went to lunch with them all the time. And so, yes, it's a different experience. Probably on a film set, that wouldn't happen. You right, know, she'd absolutely. She'd be in her trailer, or, you know, and you just wouldn't even get to see her. And mm-hmm. her people would keep you away from her and all that stuff. So, yeah, it it is it is a different experience. Like, you're right. So. <laughs> so, Michael, since you just brought up one of your Ardios-nominated projects, I think yeah. now is the time we should talk about all four of them. Great. So, I am going to list one by one what you're nominated for this year and let's talk about each project as we go. Sure. So the first one is 12 Angry Men, which you are nominated in the category of regional theater. Let's talk about it. Yes, this is Laguna Playhouse. Um, Actually, we might as well do two because there's two. There's the 12 Angry Men and The Graduate are both Laguna Playhouse. Uh, Annie Wareham is the artistic director there. Love her. (laughs) She's the coolest lady. And uh, she runs a really tight ship. And then Michael Matthews directed both. So I got to work with Michael a bunch of times. Michael was also, until recently, one of the co-artistic directors at the Celebration Theater. He's a really yeah. terrific guy, wonderful director. And uh, it was a real joy working on both of those. And Melanie Griffith, of course, starred in The Graduate. And uh, That's a huge get, yeah. by the way. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> and not an easy one. <laughs> and how was Melanie um, live on stage? She was she was great. She she has her own. Uh, she knows who she is. She knows exactly what she's doing uh, at all times, and and the audience is you know ate it up. Uh, she she was very right for the role. She and uh, Nick Tag, who played the guy opposite her, were terrific together, and it was, uh, it was they did a nice job. Good. Really good. And I understand you did something very specific with Twelve Angry Men as well, as far as. Uh, diversity casting. Diverse cast. We had a very, uh, very diverse cast, and um, it it was it was really right for the show uh, because they never it, the characters never say exactly what this guy they're talking about, but it's clearly racism. And so to have actors of different color in the show really pointed that up, I think, beautifully. And it was really strong production. It was really good. That sounds like one of those projects I would walk out from the theater thinking about, you know, it sounds like one of those things that would just hit you. Yeah, it, it did. It, it Disturbingly so, hmm. especially in light of everything that's going on right now. Yeah. So, unfortunately, still going on right now. So, yeah. And on a light note, you were nominated for Mamma Mia at the Hollywood Bowl. Yes. I love that you do these projects at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. I have yet to go because I'm, I'm afraid I'm of... i kill you. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm afraid to go. Too many people. But you get so many big names of actors yeah. who aren't known for their singing to do these musicals. Some are, yeah. yeah some are not. Yeah, it's true. And then you also have so many working actors filling yeah. out the ensemble. First of all, in three performances, you get to perform for 50,000 people, which is, there's no theater that can accomplish that. So, in, and if you've never gone onto the Hollywood stage, you must do it while their season is off because it is just to look out and see 17,000 seats. It's just, just, just nothing like it. It's I mean, just extraordinary. Can you do that? Uh, yeah, I've done it. Yeah, you can do it. Oh, you're you not to sneak in. Oh, I see. Okay, so you can't do it, but <laughs> you can it's it. possible. They won't. They won't yeah, stop yeah. you. Let you. Okay. Stop you. Um, and um, but it's really amazing if you haven't done it. Just just to go. The experience of going to the Hollywood Bowl is in itself amazing. So, mm-hmm. uh, and to see a live theater show is is phenomenal. So Margie Simkin and I have co-cast these for many years, and and this. 
this nomination was for um, uh, Mamma Mia. It was Kathleen Marshall directed Kathleen Marshall, who's won that three Tonys. Mm. I'm sorry, Kathleen, I should know. I think it's three Tonys. Uh, and uh, Kathleen is a doll. She's incredibly talented. She directed and choreographed it and uh, did just a terrific job. And she did not just duplicate what other Mamma Mia productions have been. This was a unique production. It was very much her style and it was a really, really strong and wonderful show. And And I also had six of my former students were in it. No way. That's really cool. Six. Yep. Yep. One of them who's now going to Broadway. So, wow. Yeah. You are a proud papa. I am very much a proud papa. <laughs> yeah. For a production like that, even with the graduate, which are projects that I'm very familiar with, and I'd like to see if I don't see them live, do they ever film them and then sell them? So, no, there are all these bootleg things, and and once in a while there'll be a, a you know all, all the stuff that's going on right now where they do musicals live, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly for uh, a production, there'll be maybe an archival tape at best, yeah. and it's usually a master shot, and you know people are pretty tiny on stage, so it doesn't really work. Uh, yeah, and the bootleg I won't if you're if you're uh, filming it with your cell phone, yeah, that's a problem. There's just, no way to get the magic from that. It's just rude. Yeah, um, we had years ago. Side note, we were doing a show at Boston Court, Dorian Gray, and um, the actor is nude on stage for about 10 minutes. And and he looks out in the audience and he sees somebody with a cell phone videotaping it. So at the intermission, obviously, the cell phone was confiscated and the person was asked to leave. And apparently it was a critic, which is really interesting. Ooh. (laughs) So, but yeah, so... Don't do that. Don't yeah. don't videotape That's stuff not cool. from your cell phone. It's just not right. So I don't, anyway, let's, once in a while they'll encourage you to do it, and, but that's a rare thing. So mm-hmm. anyway, so and then your fourth nomination is for Bright Star, mm-hmm. and that's under the category of theater tours. Yes, with James Caleri and Howie Tripakoff, we are all all nominated together, um, and uh, it was a lovely production at the Amundsen that then went on tour, and it was. Uh, it was very exciting for me because uh, the Amundsen is a big deal, you know, and it's a beautiful theater. And uh, Walter Bobby, who's uh, a very prolific uh, Broadway director, and uh, got to work with him. And then, of course, Michael Ritchie runs the place, and we love Michael Ritchie because my name is Michael and my associate is Ritchie. Yeah. And of course, so of course, that's why you love Michael him. Ritchie. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, obviously, I have more questions for you beyond the the Azardios Awards, but I do want to wrap up this segment just by talking to you about how it feels to have been nominated by your peers there's nothing like it there's there's nothing like it to get that acknowledgement from people who do what you do who understand how it works who to for them to say you know great job uh is it's an extraordinary feeling i i'm very very grateful and to have have that happen have happened for so many times is is a little overwhelming sometimes so it's really i'm very grateful obviously you've been nominated i think you said 30 times yeah, 30 and you've won seven uh, you've won seven is it true when somebody says no it's just great to be nominated does it hurt at all if your name is passed up on the event uh 
there have been a couple where I, I was sort of like, oh, man, I thought that would be the one. You know, mm. I was so incredibly proud or that it was special. There was something about it which was really, truly unique. And sure. But, you know, to to be nominated means you've been acknowledged and by your peers in this situation. I think unlike any other award. And so uh, it, it really is. Uh, it does mean a great deal to have been nominated. And also, this is not the first year where I'm nominated against myself, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and so that's pretty cool, too, to get more than one nomination in the category is amazing. You know, everybody in town loves you. Oh, we respect that's, you. That's very sweet. I don't know about everybody. <laughs> no, just me. <laughs> okay. I've talked to other casting directors who specialize in comedy or they specialize in drama, mm-hmm. and that's what they're known for, and you are you're very well known for your theater mm. casting, but 12 Angry Men is so different than Mamma Mia. <laughs> Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what's really great is I think at one time you were a film actor or you were a television actor or you were a theater actor or, or you were a commercial actor. And I think that's all changed. So I think what's happening now is we have film and TV actors who want to go back to the trotting the boards. They want to get back to the theater. And so in, in the cases of the 12 angry men and in the graduate, I mean, we had these people who work in film and TV all the time who just love these shows and just wanted to do it. So I don't know. I, I think it's, it's different than it used to be. And it makes it a lot more, fun for me to be able to pull from a lot of different areas. I'm not pulling from just the, you know, the great, wonderful journeyman actors who work all the time in theater. I'm also able to pull in an occasional star. And let's be honest, the producers need that because we mm-hmm. got to sell tickets. And I hate that part of it, but it's the reality. It's the part of my job that's probably the least fun is mm-hmm. trying to attach a star. Um, only because sometimes, especially with theater, the agents are like, well, there's no money. You know, I can take them out of television for three months. Are you crazy? You know, all that yeah. stuff. And it's like, yeah, but this is an amazing role. You know, this is something that he or she will love doing. And then so sometimes you work around and that's how it happens. Um, so, yeah, there were different pools that I pulled from for the different areas. I mean, there's a whole musical theater crowd um, in L.A. It's a very vibrant musical theater community here. And so those are the peeps that I'm going to pull from for, you know, the musicals. And But, you know, there's also this terrible prejudice against musical theater actors that they can only do musical theater. Mm. Can I say bullshit? Okay, yeah. I just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bullshit. It is totally bullshit. Um, I just cast a movie last year, which uh, um, of half a dozen leads, I think three of them were people that I've cast in musical theater regularly. They're terrific actors. So so that's I think that's hopefully disappearing as well. I think that we can kind of see people you're an actor. Period. Oh, you sing great. I can use you for musical theater. Terrific. If you you don't sing, well, I'll find something, you know, it's so um I think actually that's a very important thing that you're saying. I hadn't thought about that before. I have thought about the prejudice between movie and television actors and theater performers. But I hadn't thought about the subcategory of musical theater performers because mm-hmm. I do. In my mind, I think of them as being more energetic, more boisterous, mm-hmm. more, you know, um, I don't want to say 50s, but most of the the, the um, projects that I love watching the musicals are set in that time period. So I ha- am guilty of that as well. Mm-hmm. 
It's uh, it's not uncommon. Uh, as an actor, when I first moved here, um, I remember meeting a casting director. It's so funny. And uh, I had all these musicals on my resume that I had done. And he said, oh, can you act? And I was <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be polite yeah. as I want to punch him. Uh, yeah. And um, so, yes, it is true that for musical theaters and for some theater as well uh, the style is quite a bit broader and you have to learn how to adjust to camera but cameras are everywhere now Mm -hmm. actors are not stupid they know how to adjust to a camera they know how to bring it down or um, what I always say is you're told as an actor coming from theater to camera to do less do less do less I think that's wrong what I always tell my students is I want you to not do less I want you to condense Hmm. And by condense, I think it's very important that you're not getting rid of all those wonderful ideas that you have. You're just learning to just bring them in. They're still full of all of those different colors and all those different ideas that you had. It's just learning how to adjust that for the medium. And um, in, and that is some. In the the reverse is also true. Actors coming from film and television work sometimes have to understand a different style for theater, depending on what kind of style you're doing. You know, there's some very realistic theater that's not all that different than film and television, but it is adjusting to the size of the space um, and to the style of the piece. I like the term that you used about condensing because my favorite performances to watch are always complex. Mm-hmm. Even if somebody is um, delivering as naturally as possible, mm-hmm. I don't like it when people just throw things away and, and just say the lines. I, I love seeing character work. Right. So I think that's a great way to put it's, it. It's, the smallest roles, sometimes I think the smaller roles are tougher because you have to build a whole life with not a whole lot of lines and uh and i think just also especially on a, a, a film or television set when you have very few lines if you screw up one of the man <laughs> right. you know you got a whole lot of lines to screw up that's nah, all right <laughs> speaking of which let's talk about what happens since that is a live performance in front of an audience yeah. every time yeah. a play goes up yeah. so i i was asking do you know Phyllis Sharinga? Sure. She's also nominated. She's lovely. I did the, she's fantastic. Yeah. did the podcast with her, and tonight I'm going to go see one of her plays at the Geffen. Right. But I need to talk about etiquette for uh-huh. the theater because I haven't been in so long. Mm. And how do actors who are giving performance react, or how do they get over it if somebody's cell phone goes off, or somebody's getting up and going to the bathroom and disrupting everybody? How does that work? Mm. You have to, uh, well, we did a one-woman show at Pasadena Playhouse years ago, um, and uh, it was a period piece. She's playing Ann Landers, and so, and a cell phone went off. Well, they didn't have cell phones when this happened, mm. so she just paused. Didn't acknowledge it, because you can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and waited until somebody dealt with it, and that was it, and we went on. Uh it's so frustrating. It's just, it's, it's so rude. It's a you're, and you're told to turn your cell phone off both at the beginning of the show. You're told again at intermission to turn your cell phone off. People still do it. And then of course you find somebody who doesn't have a clue how to turn their phone off and it's taking 10 minutes or, or the candy wrappers. Oh, 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 oh my God. Oh. It's like, just open the damn thing. Yeah. You know? and, um, so, um, or the talking, uh, that's the other thing too. Um, I think as a theater actor, you simply learn to deal with it. But there are all kinds of examples of where people have addressed it from the stage. Wow. Uh, there's a famous story from many, many years ago. Catherine Hepburn was on Broadway and 
uh, somebody took a flash picture from the balcony and she stopped the play. She said, you out and stopped the play until they took this person out of the theater. Wow. And then they said, and now we'll go back and start at the theater again. Um, Recently uh, at ICT in Long Beach, uh, somebody collapsed during a performance. Um, And, you know, of course the audience was, people are screaming, get a doctor and all that kind of stuff. And so um, they, stopped the play brought the house lights up we got emts in there and they took the person out who was fine thankfully um and uh then stage manager came on stage and said we're going to go back a few minutes to get where you were and pick up the play again and you go on that makes perfect sense it's, it's you know those it. are uh, part of the things that go wrong i think why we love the theater we love it when something goes wrong seeing how an actor deals with it is so exciting to me so it's not just the the rudeness. It's also on stage. Things go wrong. You yes, know, there's the next uh, thing. lights don't come up. The mic doesn't work. The, the window won't open. The, you know, um, I love to tell the story about, uh, Wayne Brady was in a play, uh, in here, uh, in LA many years ago. And I can't tell you the name of it. Um, and during the play, two dancers on stage were dancing before, before his entrance. And I think a rather stupid mistake on the part of the set designer was they put a glass coffee table on stage. And during the dancing, one of the dancers kicked the coffee table and it shattered. I'm not talking about where there was a crack in it. I mean, it shattered. And I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, let's see what happens. Because are they going to stop the play, clean up the play? Because it's dangerous at this point, you know? Or what are they going to do? Well, the next scene, lights come up and it's Wayne Brady's entrance. He comes on stage with a broom and a dustpan. As part of the scene? And just cleaned up the play while the scene was going on. Oh, I thought, wow. man, you are so brilliant. That's yeah. where I fell in love with Wayne Brady. And he's yeah. a really nice guy. And I actually cast Wayne a couple of times. And he's just, you know, that's what you do. You deal with it. You know, and, and that's part of the excitement of, of live theater. You deal with it. You don't have the luxury. Of, okay, cut back to one. Deal with it. And sometimes in that moment where things go wrong, quote unquote, it's very exciting to see what an actor does. It is. I definitely see that perspective. And we've all had those dreams where we walk out on stage with no idea what the lines oh, are. Yeah. So uh, hopefully I don't see that tonight because I, I will feel so horrible. Don't you sweat for the actors when I something sweat, goes wrong? sweat, sweat, when sweat, audience, sweat. I'm like when I can tell an actor is up and I'm just, I'm like everything, my whole body just <laughs> starts yeah. to sweat because I'm so nervous for Me this too. I'm, I clench everything <laughs> yeah, and everyone. Yeah. I saw an older actor years ago and he was clearly... He had no idea, you know, and every actor on stage is trying to help him, feeding him things. And I'm just going, please get back on it, get back on it. You know, you can't, you just, it's, it's the reality. And you feel that way, I think, at auditions as well. Yeah. Um, when I have sat in auditions, I used to do a lot for the CBS Diversity Showcase. You know, and I'm sure you get this a lot in your office. People come in and their hopes and dreams are in this role. Yeah. And they put so much pressure on themselves that sometimes it's it's too much and their mind just goes blank for a yeah. minute. Yeah. And you're just wishing and hoping, like, please recover it. We want you to do amazing. Well, I think that's the mistake that actors make is they walk in without their script. Yeah. I think that's crazy. I mean, I'm sorry. I want you to have your size in your hand. It. You're going to try to impress me with the fact that you memorized it. I don't care that you memorized it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything to me. Now, some people disagree with me. That's okay. Uh, I, I don't want you to spend your time memorizing. I want you to spend your time understanding the character and making decisions about choices, all those things. I want that. I want to connect with you. It's an audition, not a performance. Callback, okay, sure. But especially in theater where your sides are 
quite a bit longer mm-hmm. usually than for film or television. And it's like you're trying to you know memorize the, this whole. It's crazy to try to memorize this scene. And so what happens is inevitably I'm giving you a line, as opposed to why don't you just use your script? So right. I would rather that happen. So when an actor hears about you and wants to get into theater, mm-hmm. maybe they're just moving to Los Angeles. How important is regional theater on their resume for you, even if it's a high school play or mm-hmm. a community play? Mm-hmm. It's very important. Theater is very important, period. I'm not expecting a young actor to have a lot of credits, but I would hope they've done some theater in high school or college. Um, and that's, by the way, no matter what I'm casting, I'm looking for theater experience mm-hmm. because I think a theater actor is, and again, this is a generality, but a theater actor is probably the better trained actor. And uh, so I do want that. Um, I, there's a story I like to tell Lawrence Fishburne at the NAACP Awards a few years ago um, by the way this is in Los Angeles <laughs> uh, stood up and said in his opinion an actor who had not trod the boards meaning on stage was not an actor hmm. and I thought wow that's a pretty heavy thing to say in LA you know? yeah. um, I'm not sure I disagree I, I agree 100% with that but I certainly do feel that theater is super important to me extremely important to me i think it's important to do period for a performer because to be able to conquer the fear of going out in front of a bunch of people who are focused on you to become a character even no matter how what the size of the role is i mean that can only help you in anything you do as a performer i agree i completely agree and and just that you know what we're talking about the ability to deal with something you know just that fearlessness like something goes wrong i'll fix it i'll mm-hmm. figure it out you know and that that just gives you such freedom you know to know that you're going to be okay so do you have any pets i have two pets what kind i have two great doggies sophie and jasper mm-hmm. yeah they're amazing i want a dog but i don't think I, i'm anywhere near responsible enough to take another life it's a lot of work arms. it's a lot of work like when you say a lot of work do you actually bend down and pick up the poop Oh God, yeah, of course. I mean, instead of getting like a clamp, no, you do with a bag. You do with a bag. With a bag, you bend. Do you know how hard bending down is? (laughs) (laughs) There's so many reasons I'm not ready. You're totally not ready. No, and to deal with the warmth of it when you pick it up, and the and the smell of it, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's not exactly. Why are we talking about dog? Because it's been on my mind. Okay, and I feel like I can be comfortable with you. But I do think the flip side of that. People say that if you have a dog, you have unconditional love. You do. Nobody it's, loves me. Yeah. I should get a dog, should get a dog. and hire someone to pick and up the poop. And get two, because honestly, because then they have each other. Okay. Yeah. So small. I, yeah. I we this is the first time we've gotten smaller dogs. We've always had uh, bigger dogs, um, and um, I love it. I, these little guys are amazing. They're like he's like about fourteen pounds. She's about sixteen pounds, and they adore each other. And uh, it's just it's great. What do you um, do about all the shedding? Uh, you deal with it. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Okay. It's everywhere. And do they bark every time somebody, like, knocks on the door? Um, yeah. But you want that. I guess that's true. Okay, there's a good sign to yeah, that. Yeah, you do. If there's something wrong, they let you know. Uh, sometimes they're, yeah. they're wrong, but they're not huge barkers. I mean, I know some people have dogs that just are incessant barkers. That would drive me crazy. I dog sat for about two weeks, mm. and... The dog was, she was so Jezebel. She was so cute and lovely. And it, it really bothered me how much I liked her. Yeah. And what bothered me even more was when I would leave 
seeing her Sad. wanting to come and just yeah. sitting home. So I, I get the two dogs thing. Yeah, that's why they have each other. At least that they have a companion when you're gone. And uh, and truthfully, having two dogs is not that much more work than having one dog. Okay. It just isn't. It's a little more poop, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, a little more food and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, not that bad. if you win one of these four awards, uh-huh. I'm going to invite myself to your house to meet your dogs, <laughs> and I will pick up one of their poops okay. one time, All right. just because I need the practice to okay. see if I'm ready for it. I made an you know an actor. We were doing an exercise in a class I was teaching years ago, and uh, somehow the whole thing about dog poop came up, and and she was pretending that she had, and it was terrible. And I said, have you never walked a dog? And she said, no, I've never walked. I said, okay, your assignment for next week is you need to walk a dog, okay, <laughs> and pick up its poop. And and anyways, she came back. She was like, okay, then now I understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's funny that you had this experience that we're just randomly talking randomly about. Randomly talking it. about it, yeah. I have a question. Sorry to prolong your pain. That's okay. You're not prolonging my pain. <laughs> so all of these productions that I'm learning about now because I'm working on the audios, I'm completely unaware of when they're up and running. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time for me to be more involved in the theater community. Yeah. I think all actors should yeah. be. Is there a website to go to to find out what's playing when or do you just follow different theaters on social media to find out what they're doing? Yes, to both of those. There, Various theaters have their own websites. Um uh, a lot of it's online. Um, there are certain there are certain sites you can go to that are specifically geared to the theater. But in terms of just a calendar, uh, probably just like the LA Times is probably the best thing to see. You know, um, uh, they have obviously an online presence as well as a, a printed version. Uh, yeah, get on the various theaters' websites is what I why I would do, or get on their email lists, and, and then you'll mm. get emails letting you know what what their season is and what's coming up. And um, there are various discounts and so on like that that you can get to to the to the shows. So. And I understand that some theater groups have memberships. Oh yeah, and people like specifically go back to that theater no matter yep. what they're producing because they want to support the theater. Sure. And Teus, uh, various other companies um, in town, um, they have, yeah, you're a member of a theater company. And so uh, uh, it's reliable work. You kind of know who you're going to be on stage with. All of those things are are great. Yeah, I was, uh, West Coast Ensemble, which I was president of for years, was a terrific theater company we had for many, many years. We eventually closed it up, but uh, it was fun. I loved being a part of a theater company. Excellent. Now, you guys don't know this because you're not standing in front of Michael, but I have to tell him every time he's like the best looking casting director. <laughs> and I love when you, <laughs> this guy takes a picture, there's not one that you're like, oh, that's not fantastic. <laughs> that's why you keep getting these nominations. That's they it. want you to represent the group. That's it. And there we have it. Another great episode. Thanks to our guests for being so generous. Thanks to you for listening and being a part of this community. This has been brought to you by Obsessed.com. Please check it out for fun videos and updates. And don't forget to find something that you're obsessed with.